Welcome to The Bright-Eyed, a podcast dedicated toward empowering our generation. Each week, I interview teen changemakers who have a purpose, a passion, and are doing something about it. We are more than capable of changing our world for the better. Let's see who's rising to the occasion. I'm your host, Daisy No, and this is The Bright-Eyed. Happy almost Halloween and welcome to a not so spooky episode of The Bright Eyed. I'm here today with 17 year old CEO of TV Wasteland, a media organization created by and for teens. She currently runs a staff of over 40, but when she's not working, she's doing what she loves watching TV. As an LA native, she has spent her entire life surrounded by the entertainment industry even once appearing on a Disney pilot as an extra. A year after starting TV Wasteland, she's now studying business at Emerson College in Boston. I am so excited to introduce Ryan Flaherty. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. It's so great to talk to you. Um, I personally love entertainment, so I think this is going to be a really fun episode to talk to you about. Um, So just as a general question, um, what have you been watching recently? Do you have like any fun show or movie recommendations? Absolutely. Um, My two favorites are at the moment Search Party on HBO Max, which I think is fantastic. Um, Definitely deserves a bigger audience. Um, And Pen15 season two just came out. Pen15 is one of the best shows I have ever seen. Um, I think it's genius. That's so cool. Um, I think like with quarantine, like being inside and getting to watch new shows definitely easier we have more time to do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right so you are the ceo of tv wasteland could you just tell us a little bit about it of course so tv wasteland is a teen run media organization um i'm the ceo i have my vice president aaron kim and we run a staff of over 30 students now which is crazy um but we do, we cover news, reviews of TV shows, industry pieces on what we're thinking about. Um, and my personal favorite, we do interviews with Hollywood talent. Um, so a few of my favorites, Maitri Ramakrishnan from Netflix's Never Have I Ever, Nicole Maines of Supergirl, Maxwell Jenkins from Lost in Space, Glenna Walters of Anne with an E. So it's been amazing getting to work with all those people, but that's a little bit about what we're about. That's amazing. When you when I heard about your organization, I just thought it was so cool. I went to your website like immediately and I just like was browsing through. It was just so cool and so much fun. Um, And it was nice kind of getting that teen perspective, especially what kind of inspired you to start it? When did you get the idea? Yeah, so it was my junior year of high school. I had started a club um, called the Business Behind Television, kind of a lengthy name. But I was really just talking to my club members about everything that I was passionate about with the TV industry. And I really just wanted to write about TV, what I was thinking about. Uh, the streaming war had just started between, you know, Disney Plus and Apple Plus, all of these services being announced. Um, and I had a lot to think about. And I, I realized that there was sort of this missing section of the industry where, you know, all of these companies are spending all of their time guessing what teenagers want without ever really consulting us. So I figured how easy would it be to have a team of teenagers writing about what they want to read um, and, you know, show recommendations from the actual audiences. You know, not everybody is really into such a soap opera type Riverdale thing. Um, And I think a lot of us are looking for more smart TV, academic TV. Um, And, you know, it was I I think there's a real um, subset for that in, in the industry. That's so true. I feel like like all those shows with the like classic, like there's a 
there's a jock and there's a nerd and there's like a popular girl like those they're entertaining but I don't think they're very um there's only so many times you can watch the same story over and over again yeah um so what kind of makes that teen perspective on entertainment really significant or unique from something else I think that we see things that maybe adults don't really recognize you know um there's there's a lot of examples of this but you know I think that Gen Z is often really simplified in professionals' eye. You know, like with We Are Who We Are, for example, which is a fantastic show on HBO, um, all of this amazing talent attached, and they just figure 15-year-olds will watch it because Jack Dylan Grazer is in it. Um, and I think there's a lot more to it than that. I think we're, we're smarter, and th- there's a lot more to Gen Z than people think. So have you noticed anything maybe unique about TV Wasteland that other media platforms don't have, maybe because of your youth perspective? Yeah, I think that comes across in our interviews more than anything. Um, you know, sitting down with teenagers who work in television, we're asking them questions that don't seem to be normally asked. You know, with Maxwell Jenkins, that's an interview that I love. Um, we asked him what it was like returning back to public school after filming Lost in Space in another country, which obviously that's a huge difference to be being around adults 24-7. And he answered very, very well, where he was like, you know, it's crazy. I'm not around anybody my age for months. And then all of a sudden I'm right back in the Chicago school system. So, you know, it's it's things like that where I feel like it's not all just what was your favorite thing to film? There's a lot more that Gen Z, especially child actors are dealing with where, I mean, it's just such a fascinating industry. Um, there are so many questions that I've wanted to hear in interviews that I just haven't. So being able to ask those myself was really great. And you guys have been interviewing some pretty notable people. You've mentioned a whole ton, which is like absolutely amazing. Um, which one has kind of been uh, something surprising or memorable that kind of stuck out to you? My Trees interview will always have a special place in my heart because that was really our first big ticket interview. Um, my colleague Matt Gannon and I, when we first started TV Wasteland, I was over the summer, we were, you know, thinking, we're like, how do we get interviews and how do we, how do we do this? So we came up with a hundred names, put them in a spreadsheet and said, let's reach out to every single agent of people that we believe in. And it was people from Euphoria, huge, and then smaller supporting characters and really small shows. And my tree, I saw an article saying Mindy Kaling's new Netflix show just had a blind audition. People send in videos and this girl made the cut. And I'm like, that's amazing. She's going to be huge. We have to reach out to her. So we did. And her agent got back to us and said, let's talk about this. Um, And we ended up working with Netflix directly, which was amazing. Um, And Netflix has been amazing with, you know, working with them. Uh, We've done that a few times across interviews. Um, But yeah, I, you know, everything just sort of happened really quickly. You know, they said, okay, she's allowed to talk about these things, go for it. Um, And so Matt interviewed her and we, we published that and you know, just to watch Never Have I Ever for the first time to see the fan response and to see her follower count just explode on Instagram. It was amazing. Um, And so I think being there for really the beginning of her career and being one of the first outlets that interviewed her, that was a really fantastic experience. That's I've just finished rewatching Never Have I Ever for like the third time. It's really good. When you started TV Wasteland, did you kind of had this conception that maybe that was going to be the hardest part like reaching out to people and getting people on board like starting out so when we first started tv wasteland i had no idea we'd be doing interviews um and three days after the site was launched i submitted a request to cover series fest in denver which is a tv festival in the u.s um 
And I thought, there's no way I get in. Obviously, the Hollywood Reporter and Variety and Entertainment Weekly cover this. There's no way. And then they said, yes. They said, we'd love to have a teenager there. And I was like, okay. So I got on a plane and I went. Um, and they said, stand here. This is the red carpet. People are going to come out. You ask them questions. And I'm like, got it. I had never, no experience in journalism whatsoever. I was looking up their names on Wikipedia at the red carpet. Who is this? What show is this? What do I ask? Um, and that was crazy, 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 especially because I only had two other team members. I was in Colorado with my dad, who was just sort of like, you do you, uh, go do that. Um, and so I had no idea. Once I got back, I was like, this might actually work. This isn't just something that I think is a good idea. Other people understand it's a good idea, too. So that was a really crazy experience of, you know, making my voice known, you know, going right up and saying, I know you're from these major media companies, but I'm here too. I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to interview the same people as you. And so we kind of touched on it, but I wanted to go into what's maybe changed about TV Wasteland. You mentioned that you didn't intend to do interviews, but you guys are doing amazing interviews now. So what are some things that kind of evolved? Yeah, there has been a lot of change. Um, Going from three people to, I think, over 30 team members now is crazy. Um, I think I sort of had a loose term of editor-in-chief before, and now it's CEO. Um, But in terms of practice, I think we've definitely vamped up interviews a lot. We've worked with a lot more companies. We worked with Apple recently, which was amazing. Um, They're fantastic. Um, And yeah, I think really just branching out into a lot more. You know, we had a very specific age range before. Um, And I think the, the biggest change with interviews is definitely we got on people's radar, which was crazy. So we started to get emails from PR agencies saying, would you consider interviewing my client? This is her repertoire. This is what she's been in. This is what she's doing. Um, And being able to decide whether or not we're interviewing somebody is just something I never, ever imagined. Um, So it's, it's gotten crazy, but I think, you know, having that eye on the entertainment industry, eye on the news being, you know, seeing what's premiering soon, uh, who would be great to interview. That's, that has stayed the same. And so for listeners who may not be familiar with TV Wasteland, could you just like uh, give us a rundown of what, the pitch deck is and how it works? Absolutely. So pitch deck is definitely the craziest idea we have uh, done on the site, but basically it gives writers the option to submit a TV show pitch to us. And then we have a team that will bring your idea to life if we believe in it. Um, This is really just an option to have teen writers experience part of what it would be like if their show did get developed professionally by a company. So we have Ben Susskind who does the theme music and creates an original sound for your show tailored to what you think would fit. Um, We have an animator who comes up with character design and location and costumes and everything. And then we have our two writers, Avery and Nona, who flesh out the idea with you and, you know, really develop these characters. And so when it's all done, it gives you sort of the option to expand this one sentence about what your show is and just create this whole world behind it for everybody to see. And why is it important for young writers and visionaries to have these opportunities to share their ideas and stories? I hate the idea that the world starts when you turn 18. Um, I would say that's a really weird concept to me. And I think that 2020 has been such an example of how powerful our generation is. You know, we are going to determine this election, um, the new registered voters. You know, we led the largest civil rights movement in history with Black Lives Matter. There is so much that we can do. And I'm really tired of the idea of, you know, getting written off because you're a teenager. 
Um, and I think TV Wasteland is a great example of that. But writers, I mean, God, you don't need Netflix or HBO to say that they like your idea to know it's a good idea. Um, and I think having something like Pitch Deck is just sort of the validation for young writers being like, no, what you're doing is fantastic. And, you know, you don't need a huge billion dollar budget to know that. Um, I really believe that you should believe in your idea. Right, for sure. And for people who kind of have those ideas, maybe want to go into screenwriting or just anything in general, who are kind of hesitant to put that out there, what would you kind of say to encourage them? I would say I thought TV Wasteland was going to be a project I worked on for a couple weeks before I got bored. And now over a year later, I'm a CEO running a company and working with major companies in Hollywood. You never, ever know where something is going to go. Um, and so it would have been very easy for me to give up the second somebody said no, or the second somebody said, that's stupid, you're 16, you should go back to class. I genuinely believe that Gen Z shouldn't rely on adults' validation to know that we're doing something cool. Well, it's time for a little break, but we'll be diving into entertainment and business and a Q&A with Ryan uh, and all after the break. So stay tuned. Guys, 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 if you love TikTok, you are going to love what TV Wasteland is starting next. It has not been officially announced yet, but they are starting up a new portion on their website, tvwasteland.org, called NextGen, where they interview TikTok slash short-form content creators. To stay up to date on this new project, as well as check out all of other TV Wasteland's amazing interviews, pitch deck submissions, reviews, and so much more, and find their website at tvwasteland.org. Now, without further ado, let's jump right back into the interview. Welcome back. So, Ryan, you started TV Wasteland, and we kind of talked about it before. Um, but what kind of made you interested in entertainment in the industry? Yeah, so I think that started my sophomore year of high school. I got really interested in television and I started doing a lot of research about the industry um, and, you know, the pilots that were being planned and everything. And so I think the first example of that was The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I read the logline for that on a Hot Reporter article and I said, that sounds really cool. I'm excited for that. And then two years later, I ended up watching the pilot. Um, and I loved it. And, you know, it, there was so much that happened. It moved networks, it moved creators and writing and everything. So being able to follow a show like that, I think I was like, this is an industry that I'm really fascinated with. Um, and then this is just kind of a fun anecdote that you were telling me about how you had an almost guest star appearance on a Disney pilot. That's middle school living in Los Angeles. It is inevitable that you will end up in front of a camera at some point. <laughs> Yeah, so I, it was so weird. I barely remember anything about it, it was so long ago, but um, I was an extra on a pilot called Page and Frankie for Disney. And, you know, I would like, they were like, dress goth and come to the studio. And, you know, it was like a basement and everything. I didn't really know what was going on. I followed directions. I had coffee for the first time. And then I you know, <laughs> went home. Um, and that show ended up getting scrapped, that pilot, and they changed it to include um, a YouTube element. They added Jake Paul and it turned into Bizarre Bark. Man, I know like Kindergarten Daisy would have like died for a chance to be on a Disney Channel set. So what kind of aspect in particular in the film industry were you particularly fascinated or interested in? 
So it's definitely changed a lot over the years. Um, as of now, I'm my goal is to be an executive working in developing TV at some point. Um, but you know, I was interested in writing and producing and directing all over the place. Um, but it's definitely always been TV. Um, I think film is fantastic, but I do have more of an emotional connection to television. Um, but I think in terms of interest, it's definitely just being able to read a sentence and say, you know, writers are so amazing. And, you know, I've read log lines where it's like just two sentences can just transport you to this world where you come up with the characters and everything. And I think that's just so magical being able to envision an entire show from like an inch of paper. Um, so to see a few sentences develop into a full show, it's just definitely amazing. Um, that's always been the interest. Right. And um, when you kind of realized that that's what you were interested in, how did you pursue or um, explore that love for entertainment? So it started off with what I like to call my psychopath binder um, <laughs> because it was crazy. I got sheets of printed paper, just, you know, regular printer paper. And I took a ruler and created spreadsheets and created spreadsheets for each network, AMC, HBO, wow. Netflix, everything and said, this pilot was ordered by this person on this date. This is what it's about. This is the genre. And I kept track of every single show that was ordered my sophomore year and followed all of the shows and then wrote if they were canceled or renewed and everything. It was a crazy case study that took me like a year, but I had this huge binder and I was following everything. Um, so, you know, I like turned on my email alerts and was getting emails from THR and Variety and everything. Um, but yeah, that was crazy, but definitely it was like so much fun to see, oh my God, this show that's on TV right now. I remember that log line. It was this person and this was the original lead. Um, and really it was uh, studying just how much things change over the course of a year while a show is being produced. That sounds like so much fun. Um, you really like just like immersed yourself in it. You were just like, okay, let's get started. Let's see what we find. Um, that's amazing. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and so we kind of talked about earlier on in the interview, all these great people that you've talked to and interviewed. Um, so this question, I think you'll find pretty fun. Um, if you could spend a day with anyone in the entertainment industry, whether it's like an actor or an executive producer, who would it be and why? Oh, I have to say Olivia Wilde, because I am dying to know what that new Harry Styles movie is about. Um, I'm like, Look, like Booksmart is my favorite movie ever. Um, and, you know, she's working on a new Marvel movie. She's working with Harry Styles and Florence Pugh. She is living like my dream life. So to be able to spend a day with her and just be like, okay, tell me everything. I want to know everything. How did you film Booksmart in 26 days? How did you cast Beanie and Caitlin? You know, all that kind of stuff. Dang, that's amazing. Um, and did you kind of always, because um, I feel like when people think about entertainment, it's always about, you know, the actors and the Hollywood life. Did you kind of realize that there was this whole nother like maybe business side when you first started or was that something you kind of explored and discovered later? Yeah, you know, the sort of glamour aspect that you mentioned with, you know, Hollywood and this idea of everything. It's just, it's very weird because it changed my perception once I started working at TV Wasteland where I lived in Los Angeles and even still Hollywood is very, this very glamorous thing. Um, but just being able to email with PR agencies and interview these people and hearing the stories, I'm like, it's really like, it's just people. It really brought me down to like a, a base level of being like, it is really, it's just people, you know? Um, I think like, it's it's so weird to 
see a celebrity that I love on my Zoom screen and being able to talk to them and just ask them about stories that I'm interested in. Um, you know, not everybody is a god. <laughs> um, and, you know, just being able to talk one-on-one really, yeah, it was interesting. And so you're currently studying business at Emerson College. Um, how have your studies been going? I know we're doing this call in your dorm room right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Emerson is amazing. It was my number one school. So, you know, being here, even in COVID, it's just so worth it. Um, my studies are amazing. My professor, Wes Jackson, for business and creative enterprises, he's one of the best teachers I've ever had. Um, and so working on that has been has been really great. Um, but all of my teachers, I, you know, liberal arts school, I love it. It's, it's tailored for the exact type of person that I am. Uh, it's definitely a lot of work as college is, but I was a workaholic already. So it's, it's been really great. A lot of people who are around my age, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little younger, are very concerned about college because it's coming up really fast. Um, so I'd love to just dive in more to your kind of experience and how you came to these decisions about what you wanted to study and things. So um, when did you realize that you wanted to study business? I actually sort of figured that out junior year where you know, I was looking at all these colleges and the business program didn't really, I didn't love it. You know, it's just, it's very specific economics and everything like that. But then film was a little bit too hands-on where I feel like there's not enough that I could do with that, where I want to work more on the executive side. So Emerson has this business of creative enterprises major, which is a combination of both, where I get to study business through the lens of television, which sounds like I designed it. You know, it was just perfect for me. Um, so that was definitely like my dream. And then the backup would be majoring in business and minoring in film or some combination. Um, but yeah, no, college is so stressful. Um, and I feel like it's this big, scary thing, your whole high school career. Um, but honestly, I would say, you know, more and more in recent years, colleges are leaning away from GPA and test scores and all this academic stuff. So don't slave over academics. Obviously, study and do your best. But more important than that, do something you're passionate with, you know, like doing this podcast, you doing that or, you know, me working with TV Wasteland. It's, you know, I think that speaks a lot more to them than a number on a page. So now I received some really great questions from listeners. And if you want to submit a question of your own, you can follow me on Instagram at the Bright Eyed Pod. So Kinsey from Boston asks, how do you talk to your friends about your success without feeling like you're bragging? Um, the short answer is I don't. <laughs> I'm very careful because it's it seems so weird to me to be saying, oh, I interviewed this person, you know, whatever. Um you know, it is definitely a product of hard work. So it's not like this was all just handed to me. But I would say if I am really passionate about something or I'm really excited about something, um, of course, I'm comfortable with my friends here in Boston. So I do talk to them about it where I'm like, hey, we have this cool new thing or, you know, I'll mention it in passing. But it's just, you know, that's part of my separating business from uh, my personal life is I can't spend all my time talking about business because I'll go crazy. So um, it's, it's a little bit of a separation there. Kinsey also wants to know, and we kind of touched on this earlier, um, when working with friends, how do you separate personal and work life, which I think is, I'd like to know too. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely the hardest part, uh, remembering that I'm a teenager. Um, but I would say that the the biggest thing with that is this was the hardest lesson to learn. Uh, don't work with your heroes. So I have a set list of TV shows that I just do not touch because 
even working with somebody, you know, it just turns that TV show into work where I can't find the same amount of love for it that I did before. It just turns into something separate, you know? Um, how, you know, uh, never have I ever as amazing. I watched the whole season. I love it, but it is associated with TV Wasteland. It is associated with those emails with the Netflix executives. Um, so I'm very careful about keeping those two things separate. So our last question is from Harry, who's also from Boston, who asks if you have any tips for managing workload and stress, which is a big one right now. I would say uh, don't let the business consume you. You know, work can always be done. You can spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week working. And I could do that with no problem. But you obviously can't. Um, I would I was very careful in the beginning where I would literally set an alarm for myself and say, you have to stop here. Or don't schedule a meeting past 5 p.m. That's crazy. So setting parameters for yourself to make sure you don't go overboard. So before we close out, I have one last question for you. So if the whole world was listening to you right now, what would you say? You know, if this message is going out to the whole world, I actually want to focus on, you know, one subset in particular. I want to talk to the girls who are sitting in their rooms right now thinking, I am so incredibly passionate about this one thing. I feel like I could burst because that is exactly where I was my freshman year of high school and my sophomore year feeling like I have this enormous love for TV. There's nothing I can do with it. Um, There is, uh, you know, I think that again, we are very undersold by adults, you know, writing us off and saying you're 15, you're 16, you go in the classroom, you do your extracurriculars, you know, stay in your place. Um, there's so much more to this world than that. Um, and I really think that passion is all you need to be successful. You know, I did not have a handbook. I didn't have any professional training. And I think it's a myth that you need that, you know, I mean, look at how far I've come with just, you know, 30 people by my side and, uh, you know, no prior work experience. So, you know, I really, I'm so incredibly grateful for what TV Wasteland has taught me and for the companies Netflix and Apple and, you know, HBO for taking a chance on us and for all of the agencies we've worked it with um, and all of the talent that was, you know, willing to listen to a 16 year old talk about TV like a crazy person. Um, but, you know, really, I, I think the Gen Z is very undersold. Um, this is our year, I really do think, um, especially with the election, with everything going on, the world has come to a stop. But, you know, just keep going. Thank you for tuning in today. If you can spare 20 seconds right now to write a quick review and rate this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. The more reviews the Bright Eyed has, the higher our ranking goes. So it would be greatly appreciated. Thanks again for listening and have a happy, safe, and fun Halloween. Hope it's spooky. Ah, scary. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that great at Halloween, but Christmas time is upon us and that's when I really thrive. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) Bye guys.